Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I tell you what I'm doing today, having fun. Welcome to the Savage Nation. I'm thinking about mothers. What kind of mother Adam Schiff must have had compared to the kind of mother Donald Trump must have had. I mean, Donald Trump must have had a very dignified, I would say, uh, very dignified, intelligent mother, a tiger mother. Okay, this is what we expect of you and making sure that the children did what she wanted without getting hysterical. On the other hand, I'm thinking about Schiff's mother. I can't imagine what this woman must have been like to have produced a monster like him. The mother, apparently, of Schiff wanted him to go to medical school. Now, thank God he didn't go to medical school and instead became a prosecutor because he's the type, if he had gone to medical school, would have removed organs of patients uh, during a surgical procedure and sold the organs on the side. That's, so thank God he became a prosecutor. But think about this. What kind of person wants to be a prosecutor but a son of a uh, a son of a, I can't say it on the air. What type of person, as a youth, think of it as a youth, wants to be a prosecutor other than the worst kind of people on the planet? Who else would be a prosecutor? So now we have Adam Schiff, and I'm thinking what kind of mother he had. And then I'm thinking about the meanest mother I ever met. I was just on my bicycle. And I'm going to ask you what type of mother you had and who was the meanest mother you ever met. Let me give you the five kinds of mothers according to psychology today. Perfectionist mother, unpredictable mother. I know you're listening. Even though you want to turn it off, you can't wait to hear the next one. The best friend mother, the me first mother, and the complete mother. What was your mother like? Because I'm going to tell you about a friend of mine and his mother, and then we're going to go into Schiff's mother and what a psycho she must have been to produce the monster like him. Uh, why do I despise Adam Schiff so much? Is that he's attacking Trump in such a merciless way? Partly, yes, but because I can't stand him. I know the type. I, I left New York many years ago because of guys like Schiff. They were the worst kind of scum on the planet. The worst. The guys I knew who went to medical school were generally nice guys who wanted to, you know, they wanted to make a good living, but they wanted to help people. The guys I know who went to law school were the worst kinds on the planet. The only good lawyer I know is Dan Horowitz, my lawyer. He's the only different type. Dan would have been a great doctor. But I want to go into the mother thing for a minute. I'm going to tell you about the meanest mother I ever met. And it's tied into Adam Schiff and his mother, what she must have been like. He's impeaching the United States of America to get even with this country for what his mother did to him. She must have worked out on this kid, man, in a way we could never imagine. But it's nothing compared to my friend who became a tie salesman. Let me tell you about him. I'll tell you what triggered this. I was on the bike, and I was so disinterested in the impeachment. I can't take it anymore. Not one more second. I'll break the microphone. I'll smash it through the screen. I'll pull my hair out. I'll rip my tongue out. Anything but talking about impeachment for one more second. How the hell do they do it day and night? How can Jumbo Jim do this 15 hours a week? You know, there may be a Nobel Prize for people who were so... There must be a thing... There's an idiot savant known in the medical literature 
You know what an idiot savant is? Somebody who can watch a train go by, like freight trains, 100 cars, and remember the sightings of every car. They can read it back in their head. There are people in talk radio who are like idiot savants. 15 hours a week of talking about impeachment? I don't understand it. But then again, different strokes for different folks. As you can hear, my teapot is boiling in the background, which is very disturbing. And I will have to soon go in there. I have no assistance whatsoever. It's me and a green curtain. I'm five feet from a green curtain. There is nothing in the studio but me and a green curtain and a fly. Even Teddy isn't here today. So it's me and a teapot boiling away. And I want to talk about not only Schiff's mother, but who is the meanest mother? Did you have a mean mother? Well, let me tell you about a friend of mine who had a mean mother. I saw a dog as I was riding my bicycle just about 30 minutes ago that reminded me of my friend's dog. Little dog with a, I don't know, a kind of whiskery face. I don't know the type it was, some kind of schnauzer. And I remember my friend crying. He was a strong kid, not given to emotions, a lot of fun. But his mother beat his dog because his mother was a benzedrine addict. You see, in the 50s, you think it was life with father and everybody was perfect, don't you? You get the image, oh, America was all white in the 50s and all right in the 50s and all bright in the 50s, jingle bells and all that. But behind the scenes, a lot of these mothers were whacked out on Benzedrine because you see in the 50s there was a fad of weight loss, just as there is now. But instead of using diets, they used drugs. So this woman, bleached blonde, new Cadillac every year, the father slaved uh, to to keep her in a new Cadillac, uh, would go to a doctor in New Jersey. And this doctor in New Jersey apparently shot her up with Benzedrine to keep her uh, appetite down. It didn't shut her mouth, but the appetite went down, the mouth went up. She'd go out of her mind. You know, Hitler was on on, uh, Benzedrine as well. Did you know that? A lot of the mistakes Hitler made was when he was on drugs. When he overrode his generals, they said, don't invade the Soviet Union. He was whacked out of his mind on, on amphetamines. Anyway, these housewives, like my friend's mother, were on Benzedrine. So she'd go to Jersey and come back whacked out of her gourd. And what she did to him was unbelievable. Not only did she hurt the dog, but she took a dog chain, you know, a leash with a chain on it, and beat herself over the arm with it. So when the father came home from a day at work, she ran in the kitchen and said, Jack, 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 look what Billy did to me. Look what Billy did to me to set the father against the son. I swear to God, the father had to side with the mother. He ran upstairs and got into a fist fight with my friend. He was about 15 at the time. And they went at each other. It was biblical. It actually made me, tore my heart out because I loved the father and I loved the son. I mean, I knew them since I was a kid. It hurt me to watch this. But they were punching each other, I mean, really hard. And then after it was over and the father left the bedroom because of the false story that he had beaten his mother with a dog chain, which he didn't do. She did it to herself. She was crazy from the Benzedrine. My friend picked up a piggy bank that he had since he was a little kid. I've known him. I had known him since he was eight. And he smashed it on the floor, and all the coins flew out across the bedroom floor. To me, that was the end of his childhood. It was the end of innocence. It was the end of a whole phase of my life as well. Well, he left the house shortly thereafter, and I remember he moved into my house. Believe it or not, my beautiful, kind mother let him come and live in our house for a while. I don't remember the rest of the story. I know what happened to him afterwards a little bit, but I don't want to divulge it because it's too personal. But I'm trying to get to a bigger point, which is he was a product of a crazy mother, and the mother was crazy because of the drugs the doctor put her on. So I'm going to ask you, the Savage Nation, 
If you don't mind, we're not going to do what Jumbo Jim does 15 hours a week uh, and what Wallbanger does 14 hours a second. We're going to talk about other things today, which is how mothers shape people. Who was the meanest mother that you ever met? Also, in the next hour, we have a guest, a very special guest. Yesterday, I had Don Trump Jr. on in a great interview, uh, and it's up on michaelsavage.com on my podcast if you missed it. You know, I drew, I drew him out. I, I, I thought I did a very good interview with him because, you know, he's doing a book tour, Don Jr. And uh, I remember seeing him on the, uh, on the campaign trail, and I said, you know, I saw you on the campaign trail, and you told an interesting story about your grandparents in Europe from Czechoslovakia, and I was very interested. And he w- I opened them up to talk about that because it, it's, it's a seminal important story that will help him uh, explain where he's coming from. He's not just Donald's son. He's not just Donald's son. He has grandparents who lived in Czechoslovakia on the mother's side who grew up in the Soviet system. He's his own man, and it's a very important story, and I think that I helped him explain himself to the world, where he's coming from. Very hard to live in the shadow of a big man, believe me. And I only know it from the outside, not from the inside. My father was a large man in personality, but he never made anything of himself. He, you could say he did. He had a little store, and he paid for a house, and my mother never had to work. That's a big man, too. He never got arrested. He never used drugs. He made enough money to pay off the house before he died. So maybe he was a big man in his own way. I can't say. I can't judge. I don't know how anyone's going to judge me at the end of the day. I don't want to sit in judgment on my poor father, immigrant son who came here without a penny. But I would say that mothers shape boys today more so than fathers do. I would say it's more true today than ever that boys in America are shaped by their mothers. Uh, Women raise the children. The fathers are sort of away from home. Generally, they're working. And I don't think things have changed that much. I still think that today, even today, mothers raise the sons and the sons are products more of their mothers than are of their fathers. I think it's still true today. And going back again to my childhood in the 50s, and I will say that that was the meanest mother I ever met in my life, the one who beat herself with a dog chain and then ran to the, to the father when he came home and said, look what he did to me, look what he did to me. And she had like a bloody arm, I swear to God. You know, this is the woman who drove around in that pink Cadillac thinking she was Marilyn Monroe. She really looked like Marilyn Manson in drag. But nevertheless, she thought she was Marilyn Monroe. And she ruined her son. She made him crazy. His life after that was up and down like all of our lives are, but his was particularly up and down. A little stint in a madhouse, you know, stuff like that. But I don't want to make, you know, the story about him. I want to make it about you. Who's the meanest mother that you ever heard of? See, we got Jimmy from New York calling. Jimmy, that is so good because now during this break, I'm going to go make my tea. It's jasmine tea, by the way. I already had the coffee in the morning. And... uh, we're going to make the jasmine tea when I come back. Jimmy's going to tell us about his mother. And now we've got people calling from around America about their mothers. And then we're going to talk about, we're going to tie it into impeachment just so that the diehards don't leave the show. I know you want to hear only about impeachment. Adam Schiff's mother must have been a maniac to have produced a psychopath like him. Back in a minute. You know, let's be honest with each other. Most people weren't taught how to invest in school. I wasn't. No one told me how to invest. And if you're like me, you probably wondered, why does Wall Street seem to win so consistently? How can I do more than just buy and hold? Is there a path to help me take better control of my financial future? Online Trading Academy wants you to start knowing now. As a leader in investing and trading education, Online Trading Academy teaches people just like you 
a step-by-step process designed to help you make the right moves in the financial markets. You're going to discover common investor mistakes. You'll learn about risk management skills. You'll learn how to develop a personal income and wealth education plan. And it's very simple to get started. OTA's flexible learning style lets you take classes at one of their more than 40 financial education centers or in an online classroom from the comfort and convenience of your home. Students have given Online Trading Academy a 94% satisfaction rating based on more than 190,000 reviews. No one will ever care about your financial future as much as you do. So now is the time to start learning how education can help you take better control of your financial future from now on. A strong economy is the best time to prepare for a bad one. What would you do if you knew skills designed to help you generate income and build confidence toward your retirement goals? Well, get started by joining the more than 500,000 people who have attended one of their free classes. Free. Sign up for a free three-hour introductory class at otatrade.com slash savage. I'll say it again. There is a free class in your area. You register by going to otatrade.com slash savage. Guess what? You'll even receive their professional insider's kit just for attending. Write this down. You got it? You ready to go? Here we go again. otatrade.com slash savage. otatrade.com slash savage. Begin taking control of your financial future today with no obligation. Once again, write it down and contact otatrade.com slash savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. My mother was not formally educated, okay? Neither of my parents went to college. I'm not complaining about it. I'm not boasting about it, just the way it was. Both were immigrants from different places. And uh, I, I, um, they had old world wisdom, let's put it that way. But they were stuck in their primitivism in other ways. And when I went to college and I took Psych 101, which was a revelation for me, I'll tell you about that sometime, about the feminist professor I had. And you're talking about a long time ago. We didn't even know what a feminist was. They weren't just the uh, librarians and the gym teachers. This was a psych teacher. And we're sitting in the class, you know, bored, no one pays attention. All I was looking at was the girl's ponytail in front of me. I really didn't care what she was saying. Just wanted to get through the class, blah, 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 Freud, Jung, Adler, who knew what she was talking about? Made no sense to me. I would go home and tell my mother, she said, well, what are you learning in school? And I'd say psychology. And she got scared because she was always afraid of that field somehow, like old world people. Psychology, she would say, with suspicion, yes. Where do you see? They'll blame the mother for everything. That's all she said. Whatever's wrong with a person, they'll blame the mother. And she was right. They do blame the mother. And I blame Adam Schiff's mother for what this country is going through. By the way, no one could tie things together the way I'm doing. Jim knows that. This is called master class. This is an advanced graduate school course in, in talk radio, what you're getting now. To tie all these elements together and keep it going, and you're interested in it, is an example of why I'm still on the radio and why I'm in the National Radio Hall of Fame. I actually earned it as opposed to a company buying it for me. I was voted in. All the others were uh, bought in, by the way. But we won't go into that. This is a master class in talk radio, and the worst mother in history was who? Your mother? I want to know who, who the, you know. I told you about the one I had with the Benzedrine, with the beating. What a sad story that was. Anyway, let's go to the callers. 
Uh, I got crazy callers on this right now. I won't say they're crazy. The callers are amazing. But I want to back up for a minute and make it a little political. Did you have a perfectionist mother, over-controlling, fearful, anxious, and the children wind up hypercritical? The children wind up feeling inadequate, emotionally empty? Well, if you're a child of a perfectionist mother, you're not alone. How about an unpredictable mother? Did you have one of those? Anxious, angry, excessively emotional, overwhelmed by feelings so her parenting style is based purely on mood? <laughs> and you wind up, if you had a mother like that, an unpredictable mother, with excellent people skills, the ability to be empathetic. I wonder why. Often you're a great motivator and you offer emotional support to colleagues as well as friends and family. And uh, you grow up with an ingrained need to take care of people and their emotional issues. You can be overwhelmed by emotions such as anger, anxiety, and depression. You learn early on how to read people and situations in order to manage the strong feelings of others. That's an unpredictable mother. Hello. Then you got the best friend mother, what you become, the, the me first mother and the complete mother. Mother of God, I don't know, man. I think there's a little overlap here, but I would say Adam Schiff's mother was not even on this list. She made him into such a monster that he could only wind up a prosecutor, which is trying to prosecute all of America. This guy's ego is so big that he actually thinks he's bigger than the president and he's going to win. My prediction is something different. I don't think Schiff is going to win at the end of the day. Uh, let's save that for another show. Let's stick to what I'm talking about. That's all which is who's the worst mother you ever met. I did this show, this type of show 15 years ago. I got callers that scared me. I had no idea what mothers could do to people. I got people calling. The worst one I remember, we probably find it on tape, was an Italian guy called from New York. He sounded like a rough customer. And he said his mother beat him every day with a coat, not a coat hanger, a telephone wire. I don't know how, but she took a telephone wire and beat him with it every day. This is the kind of home that he grew up in. So don't think that everything was so beautiful in the 50s. All everyone says, oh, America was better in the 50s. Where was it better? Where was it better? You think people didn't suffer through life in the 50s? What do you mean it was better? How was it better? Or in some ways it was safer. In some ways it was the same. In some ways it was different. We can go into the whole immigration thing if you want to go into that. But I don't, even, I don't want to go there. I'm saying that here behind the scenes of this white family in the white suburbs with the new Cadillac right? There was this crazy mother who was smacked out of her mind on speed because the doctor in New Jersey was shooting her up with speed for weight loss. That's not, you know, life with mother. I, I guess it's right. Autumn is here now. And I'm thinking Thanksgiving, you know, how happy everyone is. Yeah, right. Everyone's real happy at Thanksgiving. That woman probably did a Thanksgiving dinner and she was gorded out, she whacked out of her mind on Benzedrine while serving the turkey from Horn and Hardot takeout. That mother. The kid wound up a, a, nut, a nut job. We loved him because he was the funniest guy in the crowd. He would do crazy stuff. Why would he do crazy stuff? They'll blame it on the mother. My mother was right. They'll blame it on the mother. Hey, here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now, look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs. Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now, what does that mean? How is Purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? 
because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're, you're used to. No, no. The purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. Unlike foams, it's breathable so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero-gravity-like feel so it works for any sleeping position. Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free in-home setup, old mattress removal. You ready? You're going to love purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to 84-888. Text S-A-V-A-G-E to 84-888. S-A-V-A-G-E to 84-888. Message and data rates may apply. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. We're talking about mothers today. The mother of all mothers. And I'm tying it into impeachment to keep those of you who must hear the word at least once every 10 minutes listening. I'm thinking Adam Schiff's mother must have been a monster to have produced a son like him. Who comes out of law school who wants to be a prosecutor other than a son of a gun? I mean, someone who hates people. I could see being a defense attorney. That's a good person. A prosecutor is a bad person. They want to hurt people, damage people, and they stop at nothing to destroy people. That's what he is. That's what he is. Can you imagine what his mother was like? Now, at the end of the day, I think that he is a product of his mother, and that's why I'm asking you who was the worst mother you ever heard of. D.C. John, line four, you're up on the Savage Nation. Tell us about your mother, please. Yes, I will. But first, I want to just throw this in real quick. You know, with this cathartic stuff, it's kind of difficult to go through it twice. So you have to tell the, the call screener first <laughs> just to get to tell you. Oh, 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 you, you had to tell your life story to the call screener. Now you're going to tell it to, to the world. Okay, let's hear it. It's kind of cathartic. So it's difficult to go through two times. Well, let's try our best. You've already gotten it out of your system with the call screener. What happened to you, and how did you become what you are? Uh, I, I went to Catholic school. I went to Catholic schools all my life, basically, until I got to college. But anyway, my mother would whip me between the hours of 4.30 when I would get home from school and 5.30, 6 o'clock when my father would get home from the Pentagon, where he worked every day during the week. And uh, now, What did she beat you? For what, for what reason? Well, now, you know, that would... That would, that. Oh, so she would just, she, she would say, this is for nothing. Wait until you do something and I'll show you what a beating is, huh? Pretty much. Pretty much. Because I was a very well-disciplined uh, kid as the years have borne out. And what, what did you become in life as a, as a professional? Well, I spent about 40 years in court every day. In, 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 well, I don't want to say what I was doing, but, uh. But, but 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 let me tell you this part, please, because uh, even though I had a career in the law, that's not my passion. Um, my mother used to beat me when my father would come in from work. She would ex tell him about my negative attitude and about me pouting. And of course, the reason was I'd just been beaten. 
But uh, one day she made the mistake. She used to beat me with a leather belt. One day, and I couldn't convince my father that I had just been beaten and that that was the reason for my so-called negative attitude. One day my mother made the mistake of beating me with the buckle end of the leather belt. She picked up ah. the belt by the leather side and beat me with the buckle end and mm. hit me close to one of my eyes. And left oh, my God. Left, didn't hit me in the eye, but it left oh, a mark. That was kind, look how kind she was. Yeah. So when my father came in, I was finally able to convince him that she had beaten me and he could see the mark next to my eye. And so that changed the whole dynamic. And then I found myself trying to defend my mother from my father. Oh, boy. I didn't want some retribution, but but I found myself trying to defend my mom. But my friend, John, let me ask you something. In life, did you get married and have kids of your own eventually? Oh, yes, 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 yes. And you know, and, I and let me ask you, but did you make up your mind when you had kids that you would never, ever do to your kids what was done to you? Absolutely. And it's not See? necessary. Right, right, right. And I mean psychologically as well as physically, right? Well, it's not necessary. You can talk to children. I'm always That's right. No, it's true. You don't have to beat them up mentally or physically to get a child to conform to what you want them to do. I mean, there are rare cases where the child is completely out of control, but that's a different story. By and large, children will respond to reason. I found that since my children, God bless them, were very young. But let me tell you this. Let me please, if I can squeeze this in real quick. It's a double-edged sword because I'm a pilot today because mm. of my mom. How? My father was against me taking flying lessons because he mm. lost so many of his buddies in World War II. Mm. He didn't want me to learn to fly unless I went into the military. Hmm. So my mother used to sneak me on the weekends when my father was working his part-time job as a barber. My mother would sneak me to the airport and wave at me as I would go up and be waiting for me with open arms when I would land from my flying lessons. So wait, this is the same mother who hit you with a strap, was encouraging you to fly? Correct. Well, my way was something. I don't understand that. She'd beat you in the afternoons and teach you to fly on the weekends. That's quite a combination. I was a few years older then, but by 16, I had my pilot's license. By you know what? You're telling a fascinating story, and I, I hope I have not opened up an emotional can of worms here that's going to be hard to close up. Well, I just wanted to tell you it's a double-edged sword because I'm very grateful to her that she helped me go against my father's wishes and help me facilitate it. Well, look, you told a fascinating story, and I want to say, let me, all I can give you is a thank you and a gift. I'm going to send you a copy of my videotape, An Evening with Michael Savage, Life is a Conservative. I'm sure you would have loved to have been there, but I, you're going to love this show. Would you stay on the line and we'll send that to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Jim, send it to this nice man. What a story. I won't forget that call, by the way. That's one of those calls that takes a while to absorb. Am I right, Jim? That was like a yin-yang mother, right? She's beating him and encouraging him to fly behind the father's back. Astounding. Astounding, really astounding. So, look, why am I doing this today? A, because I cannot talk about impeachment without, just I can't do it, won't do it, impossible, Not 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 my idea of a radio show. Radio has to be engaging, interesting, creative. Otherwise, what what's the point of doing this? What, to collect a check at the end of the month? Yes, okay. It's called calling it in. And if you're getting up every day in 15 hours talking about impeachment, you're calling it in. I don't care which side you're on. Easy to do. Trump is innocent. Trump is guilty. Trump is good. Trump is bad. Trump is this. Trump is that. I'm sick of it already. So I'd rather talk about tough mothers now. 
And it does go to, to Adam Schiff. I can't imagine what his mother did to him to have raised a guy like this guy. She must have really been bad to him, you know. So now where's Jimmy? Is Jimmy still with us in New York? Jimmy, are you there, lad? Jimmy, my lad, tell us about Jimmy's mom. Savage. Uh, Schiff's mother, I think, is a cross between a bow weevil and a giraffe. That's number one. <laughs> okay, I kind of get it. Well, yeah, with the long Pez dispenser neck. Well, if, all right, let's stop for a minute because you're into visual descriptions of people. The more we live with Schiff's horrible persona and his, he looks deformed, by the way. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to debase people who are actually deformed. Doesn't he have a sort of deformity in his head? From the front, he looks like my ex-wife from the back. <laughs> hey, Dr. Savage, your show was amazing. And absolutely, and I'm not just saying that to blow smoke. Wait, 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 which show? Oh, please, as a conservative, I watch you on my 65-inch screen. Oh, oh, the video of it. You, you, was, it was it disappointing in any way? Was it a bad part in it? Listen to me. People could say what they want listening to me, and I'm not blowing smoke. It was amazing to look at you. I don't think the crowd understood when I opened up with the line, when I walked up like from the gladiator up in from behind. It's filmed from behind. And I come in, and the first thing I say to the audience is, well, all right, hello, uh, good evening. Uh, as uh, I forget who I'm talking, it's not Mark Twain. Uh, as, as Groucho Mark said, I would never join a club that would have me as a member. No one laughed because it was in a private club. And then I said, look around you, you'll see why he was right. They were dumbfounded. I mean, I thought it was a funny line. Dr. Savage, you're amazing. You know, but you think, I wasn't talking to Jews and Italians from New York. They would have laughed. No, when you said bring the Hebrew in, I almost fell off the couch. In a Everybody loved that. They loved that line. Then someone said... Did you say bring the Hebrew in, or did Donald Trump say bring the Hebrew national in? <laughs> it's amazingly beautiful. Your son is, is somebody that belongs in a magazine, a handsome, young, fine man. And Please, I always, this is uh, Jimmy, this is a family show. Stop that. No, but I remember the story you said when your son said to you one time, hey, Dad, why don't you retire? And you said you banged the table and you ran after him. I thought that was hysterical. Oh, when things were going bad for me. Yes, I was between things. It was the worst period of my whole life. Yeah, but you and I was I was fifty years old, and I didn't want to work anymore. I was emotionally drained from the struggle. Right. And we were living in a little rental house. It was a horrible time in my life. He must have been in, in high school, and he was always a great leader for me. And I, you know, he led me. And I, you know, the sons, great sons, do that. They That's both follow. Great. They both follow and lead a son, a good son. And he came in when I told him I'm thinking of retiring. I don't want to, can't do this anymore. And he said, you're too young to retire. Remember, I chased him around the street. You said you ran after him. I said, how dare you say that to me? I'm your father. That's right. No, no, it's a hell of a story. I got to remind him of that. That's astounding. So what was your, what was your mother like? My mother, God bless, is still alive. Thank you very much. She's 82 years old, and as we say in Italian, Zenza mama, Zenza moda, Zenza mama, Zenza niente. Without a mother, there's no love. Without a mother, there's nothing. True, I love and miss my father, but my mother, till today, I'm 57. She goes, if you don't get over here, I'll give you a wallop right across the mouth. But as a kid, there was the three of us. We were all born a year apart. Josephine and Tony were older. And my mother would say, 
Jimmy, Dominic, Frankie, you know, nice Jewish names, get in this house now. But the sun's still out, Ma. I don't care if the sun's going to stay up all night. Get in, get one. <laughs> bed. you got school tomorrow. Oh, Ma, I'm going to go live with my friend because I want to stay with them. Their mother lets them stay out late. Oh, I, I had the same thing. My mother would tell me to come in from playing out in the street in the Bronx when I was a kid, and it would be sunny out or light out. I wanted to be running around crazy in the streets. She'd make me go to bed some days just to suppress my energy. And I would say, I'd say, I don't want to sleep yet. It's light out. She'd pull the shades down and say, no, it isn't. Look, there's no light out there. It's dark. My mother would say, get in this bed. And if you want to go stay with your friends, go live with them. No, no way, Ma, we're coming in. And my father, rest in peace, would take the old coffee pot. And we, the three boys, because we're all a year apart, get in the tub. And my father used to wash us with suds. That's right, Tide, a cup of Tide and hot water wash them. <laughs> they, they washed you with Tide? They wouldn't even buy you a bar of soap? Who cares? We had the soap, but we had to use that if we had company from Long Island. Tide? They would wash you in Tide? That's like child abuse. Never. Are you kidding? Until today, the, the, the stains still come out of our clothes. No, really. What's but she, she washed you in a bathtub using Tide detergent? No, my father did. It was on sale, and we got a cup with the sun. Oh, I see. You were poor Italians. You had to use the cheap stuff. Yes, and we sometimes... Yes, but you remember it all with love today. All you remember is the loving part. Soap. You love the loving part, the loving part. I adore my mother till today. I kiss her feet. She's, the, she's my best friend. Okay, last question of the day. My theory is that Adam Schiff's mother was a monster to have produced a son like him. What do you think? I think I think Adam Schiff was made in a laboratory. <laughs> but the head, there's something distorted about the, the way the head is formed. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether that means he was a breech baby or, or something else, but the head doesn't look right. It's like an egg, but there's a part of the egg that isn't even formed in an oval. What is that? What kind of disease is that? Wait, what, what, what kind of mind is inside that head? That's what I want to know. I'll be back in a minute. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. From electronically controlled transmissions to touchscreen displays to sensors, but all this advanced tech is expensive to fix if and when it breaks. Are you, are you following me now? These computers are very difficult to replace. They're expensive. What are you going to do if one of them breaks down? You're going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. Why I'm telling you to get CarShield. They have affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. And you get to choose your plan, your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. By the way, they also give you 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed absolutely free. This company, CarShield, has over a million customers. Whether you have 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles on your vehicle, you need to get covered by CarShield today. Just call CarShield, how? 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, mention code SAVAGE, or visit carshield.com, code SAVAGE. You'll save 10%, but more than that, you're going to get covered for all of these dangerous and costly expenses. That's carshield.com, code SAVAGE, a deductible may apply. Nine signs your mom might be a sociopath has just arrived in my inbox from Jim's research. Nine signs your mom may be a sociopath. Let's go to the callers now. We only have time for one more in this hour. 
Matt in California, some hidden location. Matt, what was your mother like? Uh, my mom, well, growing up, uh, I guess I was a little bit of a wild child. Uh, they spake me a lot. Um, I guess when I wasn't listening, they would duct tape me and put me in the crib till I fell asleep. They would duct tape you to the crib. That's a novel form of child rearing. Uh, what would they duct tape your hands and your feet or what? Yeah, my hands, my feet behind my back. And I, I, I see. Very nice. Very nice. Did she say she was doing it for your own sake, for your own good, to keep you from touching yourself or what? Uh, no, but I guess, I don't know, I, I guess I was a little bit of a wild child. And yeah, but you're an infant. How could you be a wild child? All infants are wild. So what, it, okay, let's speed forward. What were you like as an adolescent? Um, I, I was always running around. Uh, did, did you wind up in Pelican Bay, murder, something like that? Oh, no. I was, you want, did you wind up sort of an average normal man? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to turn 21. Uh, yeah, but if I had had a mother who taped me to a crib, I don't think I'd be a, a talk show host today. I, I don't know. I don't think I'd be on radio. This is one form of pathology, but it's rather benign compared to what a man could become if his mother taped him to a bed. Matt, you're a good sport. Staying in line with sending me a free copy of my great event from last Tuesday night from Savage... NationLive.com, you'll get to see a man in action who was not taped to a bed. I was abused in other ways, uh, which I won't go into. In the next hour, we'll continue this discussion and talk about the horrible slaughter in Mexico with a DEA agent who's been there and done that, unfortunately. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning. The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Hi, folks. How are you doing out there today? This is The Savage Nation. We're talking about a sensitive topic on the program today. It's not to do with Donald Trump or impeachment. It's about crazy, psychotic mothers and how mean they were to you. A soft topic. We've only gotten men calling thus far. I invite the girls who are listening to the show, all the malcontents and injured people out there who listen to the show on a daily basis. This is the new essence, the core of the conservative movement, all injured by a mother. Uh, at least that's, that's what the left is going to say. Savage did something unusual. He talked about crazy mothers and the core of the conservative movement is all men who are injured by their mother. No, that's not true. But there are mean mothers out there. And uh, when it, it's, it violates a stereotype because we're supposed to think mothers are, you know, all good. And it's just not the way it is. Uh, of course, there's mean fathers. But today we're talking only about mean mothers. It's that, it, you know, because I think Adam Schiff is a product of a very, very sick mother. And I hope I'm not insulting him in any way. I hope I'm hurting him in some way. I, hope not, I don't mean to insult Adam Schiff. I want to damage him psychologically to weaken him. So I'm doing the best I can using all kinds of psychological warfare. 
I believe that Adam Schiff's mother must have been a sociopath, not just mean. And I think that would explain why a boy would come out of law school and want to be a prosecutor. And on top of it all, that a boy of such limited strength would think he is so powerful, that he would think he's stronger than the president, and that most Americans salute him. No, we don't salute him. We hate him. We hate him. And so, Adam, this show is dedicated to you and your mother for what you're doing to this nation. Only a sick boy from a sicker mother could do this to a nation in the name of protecting the nation. Adam, you're a very sick man. You belong in a straitjacket. But let's go on to the callers. Let's hear about the craziest calls out there. Let's keep them simple. We have our first woman who's daring to call the show today about a mean mom. Be nice to her now. Ashley from California. You're on the Savage Nation. Ashley, tell us your sad story. Ashley, tell us your sad story. My mother used to kill our cats in front of me, and she would make me watch snakes eat mice and slaughter them, and there was blood all over, and she forced me to watch all this stuff. Why would she kill cats in front of you? She was just a mean person. She was mentally... What, she get, like, stray cats and kill them? No, they were our pets. And oh. Later when I grew I don't, up... I don't mean to be really crazy here, but how did she kill the cats? She would scare them with vacuums. And, like, she'd chase them with it until they had seizures and they would die on the bed. Oh, come on. And No, I'm serious. She did this. Oh, my gosh. She was crazy, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, did, and then... What did she do to you, though? I could, she could, I could see she was taking it out on the animals. What did she do to you? She would beat my head on the floor and jump on me and give me concussions and put me in bed for three days. Oh, that's horrible. That's really horrible, Ashley. There's no joking about this. Uh, no. She purposely hurt you? You can't make this stuff up, yes. Well, I mean, even if you are, it's horrible. She purposely went out to hurt you and no one, no one intervened? Where was your father? No, he was at work. And what, he never, did he know this was being done to you? He knew it was going on, but he wouldn't do anything. He was afraid of her, probably. Yeah. Now, where is this lovely woman today, your mother? Oh, she's in the nursing home. Can you just imagine what she does to the other patients when they're, when they're not looking? She won't. Wow. I'm sorry to hear this story, Ashley. There's no humor in it. This is not even, you can't even make a humorous statement about it. It's just horrible. She was a sociopath. She was a psychopath, your mother. Yeah, she was. She was a sociopath. Did you? Well, no, I'd say she was a psychopath, not just a sociopath. It goes beyond psychological damage when you become a a psychopath. She was actually killing animals. Now, how did you wind up in life? Good, bad, or indifferent? I ended up doing well. I started college when I was 16 while I was still in high school, and I educated myself by working full-time hmm. through high And did, did you get married? You have a family of your own by any chance? I was married before, but... Yeah, no, no. I can't see how with an upbringing like that you could ever bond with them. I'm not negating it. I can't see how you'd want to even live with a person. I, I tell you, if I had a mother who did that to me, I would never even want to be in a house with someone for any length of time because that would come out of me somehow. Hey. You're probably afraid that, that that part of her will come out in you, right? No, I don't really let it come out. Okay, so you, well, you, do you have it? Wait, you said you don't really let it come out, but is it under the surface or not? Not really, because I... Good, so you're the opposite. Hurt. So, you know, this, this goes to the nature versus nurture argument. 
because I used to argue about this a lot when I was a teenager with my mother, by the way, where was it nature or nurture that made people who they are? In your case, your nature is a good nature. Her nature was warped somehow. I don't know what happened to her. But wow. Well, I'm sorry you lived through that, Ashley. Let me send you my little gift of me performing uh, at my event last week at SavageNationLive.com. You know why? It's going to bring you some joy. You'll get one hour of joy in your life. Everyone loves it. They all understand it was a nice night, and it was meant to be in good humor. Even my, my political humor was all, nothing there was really uh, vicious. And believe me, I could be Sid Vicious when I want to be. I purposely made it kind of nice. There was no viciousness there. You know, I mean, little mild humor, like I'd say, and here's a list of the, and by the way, there were politicians who were scheduled to come this evening, but they couldn't make it. I received an email from uh, the mayor's office in San Francisco. We invited her to come here tonight. Unfortunately, we didn't know her name. No one knows her name. As a matter of fact, it's very clever of the Democrat establishment to elect the mayor of San Francisco who no one knows. That way they can not blame anyone for what they've done to this city. Stuff like that. Very light. Very light, but it, it had its impact. The people enjoyed it. There are different levels of sarcasm. I'm a master of sarcasm, and I can go on any level I want, as you will see when you watch me perform at SavageNationLive.com. It'll make you feel good. You'll see the art form. Now we got some callers coming up, and I warn you, what you're about to hear may disturb you, which is, of course, why you're hanging on for the second hour, because you want to hear how bad others had it compared with you. In other words, maybe your mother was nice to others and mean to you. Maybe your mother never apologized to you. Maybe your mother mimic, mocked you a little, made fun of you. But what you're about to hear will put it into a magnitude beyond any of that uh, on line three. Brian in Connecticut, this is a really sad story. Is this true, what you're telling us? Brian, what did your, what did your mom do to you? She always had three things on hand. She always had super glue, peroxide, and uh, syrup of Ipecac on hand at all times. So if I ever got a cut, she would always splash a bunch of uh, hydrogen peroxide in it, fill the cut up with uh, super glue to stop the bleeding, never, ever took me to a doctor. And if I ever even hinted at having a stomach ache, she would always douse me full of uh, syrup of Ipecac to call over the <laughs> Well, it sounds like she was a little mini pharmacist there. But she, but she wasn't using the peroxide duct tape and crazy glue to hurt you, was she? No, it wasn't to hurt you. It was just full character. It's like no pain, no gain. You don't need stitches. You just stop the bleeding. Yeah, you tape it shut. That you glue it shut. I understand. Uh, how did you How did you turn out in life from the Ipecac mom? <laughs> I did pretty good. I'm a chief operating officer of a large corporation in New England. <laughs> I love this. But did she hurt you in any way, or she just was a self? She took care of you in her own way. No, self-care. You know what it teaches you? It teaches you to be tough. I mean, you got to be tough mentally, but also physically. And I turned out pretty good. You know, I grew up without, without any money. You know, I was a kid of uh, powdered milk and thrift store shopping. And I turned out pretty well for myself. And I, <laughs> I like that. It's a good metaphor, the powdered milk child. No, I understand that. It was cheaper than regular milk, right? That's right. Yeah, what did you take to, to lunch? Like a bologna sandwich for lunch to school? Oh, God, no. You know, we always had whatever before. A lot of times it was leftovers from the night before. You know, it was right. whatever it was for dinner is what you had for lunch the next day. And right. And we, are, you, are you physically healthy to this day in your 50s, probably? Oh, God, no. I'm in my early 40s, but I'm uh, tough as nails. I've run ultra marathons all over the world. Wow. 
No, this is a great call. I, I thought that I actually thought by what the call screener cut up, it said Brian Connecticut mom used peroxide duct tape and crazy glue on him. I thought that she actually used that to, to, to hurt you with it. Well, I mean, I can, I can tell you this. You get a big gash, you should probably get 10 to 15 stitches, and you get it with peroxide and then super glue. Uh, I'll tell you, it doesn't feel too good. No, it didn't feel good, but it killed all of the uh, microbes pretty quickly and, and glued up the wound. It does. It just looks like... You I'm- know, the minute this show ends, I'm going to go online and order some uh, crazy glue, duct tape, and peroxide for the house. Put it, <laughs> put it next to my vitamins. It's good to have on hand. Stay online, Brian. If you want to see me performing last Tuesday night at the Secret Club in San Francisco. All right. I wanted to get to this one. Ray in New York has been holding a long time. I hope he's still there. Ray, are you still there with us? What was your mom like? I'm still there. I'm still here, Mike. I, I can't help but laugh. And what a great show. What a great No, show. isn't this a nice change from, from impeachment talk? I can't take impeachment or collusion. I don't care if I... Oh, my God. That's a form of mental abuse talking about that. Do you know that? It's a form of beating up the audience? Yeah. It's, it's, that's what that... It's psychological. It's torture to listen to that. Yeah. Everyone I know, they say, I turn off a show the minute they hear I'm talking about impeachment. They can't take it. Yeah, I, just, I can't take it. They can't take it. Well, I, I figured, let me tie, tie it in another way with, with Schiff's mother. What would make a man turn out like him? What was your mother like, Ray? Well, my mother, God, God rest her soul, I loved her regardless. But, you know, she was a razorholic. And at the time, growing up, I didn't realize, you know, my parents drank. But you, you Did know, you say but, she was a rageaholic or an alcoholic? Well, she was both. Okay, right. Okay, so you got the, you got the, bl- the brunt of the rage. Right, and I'm the youngest of five and the only boy, so that, like, compounded. Oh, my God. She took out on you what she wouldn't do to the girls. Uh, basically. Did basically. she make fun of you when you cried? Uh, did she make fun of me when she cried? No, cried? no. When you, if you would cry from what she did to you, would she ridicule you? Oh, without a doubt. She was great at dressing you down. And, and the more people in the audience, the better. That's the way she... Now, let me explain something. That's one of the key symptoms of a sociopath, and I'm not trying to make it worse, but one of the symptoms of a sociopath is that they lack empathy. And so that you're upset doesn't mean anything to her. She doesn't even feel that. You would turn to her for comfort, reassurance, or understanding, and you'd get the opposite from the sociopathic alcoholic mother. Yeah, no, I never, I never went for her for compassion for... for so how did you wind up in life? Are you able to, did you, were you able to raise a family yourself? Yes, I have three kids of my own, and um, uh, but let me. This is so important. I think people can learn from this. This is not a joke anymore. When you decided after the abusive childhood you had from the alcoholic, rageaholic mother, and I didn't even ask what your father was like, did you make up your mind that you would have a, a family that was the opposite of that? I did. You did. So Say you that. want you decided you would do it right, correct? Correct. Well, did it work out that way? Well, I drink. But uh, now, now we're going to hear the whole story. So you, you drink and you yell at your children. No, 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 no. I don't yell at my kids. I don't lay a hand on them. Yeah. All right. So you're not physical. Do, no. you fe- do you feel that you maintain, you control your rage against your family? Yes. Yes. You take it out on strangers? No, I do not. So what do you do with that rage? I mean, it must be boiling in you. Uh, it's, uh, 
I'll do it with friends if we're out or whatever. You know, the boys will go out and I'll play golf. I know you don't like that. But. I see. You don't, you don't go out and beat up gays or anything. No, 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 no. I'm no. just, no, no, that's a serious topic. Like a lot of people take out their, 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 their repression on innocent people. And over the years, gay people were often the target of, uh, of, of, of people with rage issues. So would you feel that you've, you've conquered all of those terrible feelings? No. No, not by any means. I think I've become withdrawn over the years. Wow. Well, you know what? You're actually a very brave man to even call a national show and express it, my friend. If you will stay in a line, we're going to connect you up for free to SavageNationLive.com. You know why? Because there's so much pain out there in the world. There really is a lot of pain. You think people don't feel pain just because they don't talk about it? And um, I don't talk much about my childhood. You know, I had a brother and all that stuff, and I had to entertain my mother who would cry all the time. People don't know that. That is how I learned to make people happy. That's what I had to do. And you'll see in my performance that I try to make people happy, not make them sad. Back in the day. Do you know that a dirty CPAP can make you sick? and that you are supposed to clean it every single day? Well, who wants that hassle? Did you know that nearly one billion individuals are affected by sleep apnea around the world? With that, negative health issues can arise when CPAP equipment is not cleaned properly. Don't you want a safe and effective automated sanitizing solution? Listen, if you are a CPAP user, soap and water cleaning may allow harmful germs and bacteria to build up in your CPAP equipment. This can make you sick. That alone will keep you up at night well, until now, that is. So Clean is the world's first automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. So Clean kills up to 99.9% of all CPAP germs and bacteria that can build up in your mask, hose, and reservoir. So Clean is easy to use. Just put the mask in, close the lid, and walk away. So Clean works with all popular CPAP machines and masks. No messy chemicals or water. The So Clean is convenient and user friendly. So Clean uses advanced technology to sanitize your CPAP equipment with just the touch of a button. It's the safer, healthier way to breathe cleaner and have a better CPAP experience. So Clean has approximately 9,000 five-star reviews and is now the leading CPAP cleaner in the U.S. Right now, for my listeners, you can try So Clean risk-free for 30 nights. Even shipping is free. So don't wait and call 1-800-520-2587. I better read that again. 1-800-520-2587. Or go to SoClean.com to get this 30-night risk-free trial and free shipping. Write it down and call it. I'll go slowly this time. 800-520-2587. 1-800-520-2587. Or go to SoClean.com today. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. We have very little time until we speak to the ex-DEA agent Mike Levine on the Mexican cartel slaughter. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But Ruby in California, tell us about your mother as quickly as you can, please. What did she do to you? Well, I grew up um, with her on, you know, but they called them yellow jackets then. And she was always on speed, always, always, always. And to find this out later in life, mm. quite interesting, and the effect it has on people. Uh, when I was 16, she took me to the doctor to get on Preludin, 
which evidently was a favorite of Paul McCartney and John Lennon when they would stay up all night. And I started on 25 milligrams. By the time I finished, I was on 75 milligrams. Well, you're talking about dexedrine? These are dexedrine spantials? Yeah. Uh, Perludin was really quite something. And it took me all through high school, went into college with it. Now, where are you with that today? Are you still off, on with it? What? Uh, no, no, I don't, I don't like to take any of those things anymore. Um, how, how did you get off it? How did you self-treat yourself or what? No, uh, they just wouldn't prescribe it anymore. They took it off the market, and, and the doctor just said, well, you know, I can't do it anymore. So, but were you able to kick with, with nothing? You were able to kick without any help? Yeah, I, yeah, because they, in those days, you know, this was back in the 70s. Um, in other words, it was cold turkey because it had to be cold turkey. The, the great machine called the rehab wasn't existing then. You know, I got to talk one day about the rehab racket. It's as big as the drug racket. And if you look at the corporate directorships of the rehab corporations and the inter interlocking corporate directorships, you might find some surprising overlaps. It's one of the greatest scams there is. The truth is you got yourself off the drug, right? Yes, I did. Ru Ruby, let me send you a copy of SavageNationLive.com with my great performance without drugs. I, I, people don't realize this, but what I do is almost impossible to do, and I don't use drugs. Coffee, yes. Alcohol at night, yes. Nothing else. Aspirin and vitamins, tons of vitamins. Vitamins, vodka, and vitriol. That's what keeps me going. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. We're going to move on from mean mothers to um, a horrible story, which I hope we have not all forgotten, which is the Mexican cartel slaughter that hit the news yesterday. We saw the depths of human depravity after Mexican cartels massacred the lives of three mothers and their children in northern Mexico. Immediately, I thought of only one man who's joining us right now. He's called America's top undercover agent, by 60 Minutes. I haven't seen him in many years. He's one of my heroes. Michael Levine, where are you, Michael? Welcome. Michael, so good to have you on the program. You know, Dr. Savage, it's a, it's a real pleasure because I've been watching the news, and talking to you is a lot cheaper than going to a psychiatrist because it's really frustrating. Uh, the, uh, you mean the way they're trying to smear the victims, number one? Well, it's not even that. It's that they bought... Uh, the government or they bought the so-called law enforcement line that this was probably mistaken identity. Aha. Uh -huh. Oh, the cover-up already. Yeah, the smear. Yeah, that with good reason. I mean, anybody who's worked undercover in Mexico or worked cases in Mexico, which I have, uh, understands one thing. Actually, if you just work the drug world, you know that 99% what is being covered up right now is that someone or some people in the family were informants. I, oh. And he, here's what, let me go back to, in New York, the, uh, eight, 1982, Oscar Toro Hernandez case. Uh, never got out in the news that the guy was an informant, but what did get out in the news was that his two children were hung and their babysitter raped and hung. It's an unsolved murder. I was assigned to go after the killers, if we could, and that evolved into a war that 
It was called Operation Banshee. We went after the Colombians. The Colombians went after us. And what evolved was that we knew that it was all because the man was an informant. He was a DEA informant. Uh, this was clearly vengeance, a warning murder. And it's, it's smaller in number, but it's exactly as bad as what's going on in Mexico. Now, I worked in Mexico. I wrote about it in the book Deep Cover that was written to indict Americans. People, it was a New York Times bestseller, but the idea was to indict those people in our government who were protecting and covering up the Mexican drug trafficking industry. And my, my, Wait, well, i got to back up. You know, I'm following everything you're saying. People may not know your background. How many years were you in the D DEA? 25. And, it, and I, I remember some of the stories, the big white lie. Now, you are from New York, and you're of Jewish heritage, correct? But you look somewhat... Didn't you go undercover many times in, in Colombia or Bolivia? Colombia, Mexico, Bolivia, Argentina. I speak fluent Spanish. I lived in South America for four years. Uh, on Michael, how did you learn to change your accent for each of those countries? You know, most Americans don't know that Spanish... The Cuban Spanish, Mexican Spanish, Colombian Spanish, etc., are all a little different. How did you learn that? Well, that's a great question, Mike. What I, what I did, my own gimmick, was that I grew up in a Puerto Rican neighborhood and went into the government worked, uh, being able to speak a street Spanish. I was rated by the State Department as level three. That is, I could make myself understood in any circumstance, but after a couple of years in South America, I was totally fluent. Now, what did I tell the drug traffickers? I said that my father was Sicilian, my mother was Puerto Rican, I grew up in a Puerto Rican neighborhood, pretty much the truth. So they could hear the what we call a tonito in, in Spanish that I spoke with the Puerto Rican tonito. I see. So you didn't try to act like you were speaking Colombian or Mexican. You, you spoke your dialect. Absolutely not. Right. Exactly right, Mike. And I was posing as an American mafioso, and I was dangling in front of them the chance to deal with somebody who was willing to buy tons and tons of cocaine at a time. And in fact, uh, the subject case in deep cover was the largest undercover transaction still to this day. It was 15 tons of cocaine. Mike, Michael Levine, I got to ask you a question. So I'm watching on Netflix again that show on the cartels. I even forget the name. I keep blanking it. What was it um, uh, on? Uh, I, 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 Narcos. Narcos. Have you watched Narcos on Netflix? You know why I don't, Mike? Because everybody I know said they ripped my life off. So I don't. Uh. No, I'm, I can't watch that. Well, no, okay, I understand that. Now I'm watching Narcos Mexico, which is not as good, and I'm saying, wait a minute, Levine worked there. I wonder if any of this strikes as, strikes him as true. Well, it, I, I haven't seen it because if you keep hearing from DEA people, guys who work there, and they're saying they're ripping off your book, Deep Cover. They're just ripping it off. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they read your book and looked into it and stole most of the scenes and didn't give you a dime for it. That's, the, that's bigger than the drug cartels, which is the intellectual property rights uh, cartels that steal things day and night. <laughs> M Michael, it goes on in radio. They steal ideas from you, make believe it's theirs, all of the people without imaginations. But that's the world we live in. 
Now, I have not seen you in how many years now, Michael? We were on stage together 25, 24, 23 years ago in, in the Marin Civic Center. What a great night that was. We haven't kept in touch. I'm not going to ask anything about your personal life. Number one, I'm glad to hear we're both living. That's number one. <laughs> how is it that we're still not only living, but we're still able to talk so cogently, Michael? It is kind of amazing because I know a hell of a lot of people much younger than me who are no longer cogent. They, they can't remember their laundry list. You know, I, <laughs> I know. I, you know, I don't like guys who are a little younger than me who say, you know, I'm getting these senior moments. I don't even want to talk to them. I don't want to know people like that. No. I, I never emphasize any weakness in myself. I think that's what makes you weaker. But I want to go back to this horrible story in Mexico because you're saying that the cartels targeted them. Your suspicion is that one of them was an informant and they were just sending a message to the whole, one, to the whole community? One or more, because the intelligence is, and you've you got to glean it through the news reporting, that they made a stand against the cartels. Okay, you're Americans, you're bilingual, you're, you have both dual nationality. That means DEA could not resist using them as sources of information. Could not resist. So why would they hide that? They would hide hmm. it because the first thing is, you know, I'm a trial consultant and I'm an expert witness in the handling of informants. First thing that would happen is the, the DEA and whatever agencies is really associated with these people would be sued for substandard protection of their informant, which hmm. I know. Oh, so they're covering that up. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it. Why did they kill the children, Michael? Uh, it's bad enough to slaughter the women and the men, but who in the world would kill infants? Why? Mike, that's why I brought up the Hospitolo Hernandez case. The Colombian cartels killed two children and their babysitter. A message. It's a message that goes out to the whole drug world. We're not, we don't have to come after you. We'll kill the nearest and dearest to you. If you have a heart... They're not going to cooperate with the government. Michael, i got to ask a bigger question. You lived in that world. I know nothing about it. Sure. The mythology and folklore of the Italian mafia of the 50s, early 60s, was they never touched families. Isn't that correct? Yes. And in other words, the wife and the children were off limits. They wouldn't touch them. And people kind of liked that. There was kind of a certain nobility to that. That was the underworld, and the families were immune from being hurt. All of that changed with the introduction of cocaine from Colombia. Is that the changing point? Uh, I, from my from, from my perspective, absolutely yes. We went in. We they they became like ISIS. They oh. became conscienceless murderers of children. Anything that would send the message: Do not mess with us. Do not cooperate. How with does a man become so merciless? that he can look an infant in the eyes who's crying after the mother's been slaughtered and killed the baby. I want to know, are they on drugs? I'm asking crazy questions here. How does a human being, it, it's antithetical to the human being, from my point of view, to kill an infant. How do they do that? Well, you know, I, I spent three days in a room with such a killer, uh, and I looked in his eyes, and it's in deep cover, and I knew that he was a guy who did that. <clears throat> and really... I couldn't. I can't understand it. When I was in Argentina, as I wrote about in the Big White Lie, I was with the death squads. They were our assets. We paid them, and they would get drunk in my house in Buenos Aires, watch porno movie, and then start talking about the lists of people, including children and women, and 
that they were killing. They had to kill. You understand? It was a list, a, a government-sponsored list of who you kill. And I try to describe in The Big White Lie the eyes of one of them who was sort of the, the chief uh, assassin for, for this, this group. And they were killing like a dozen people a week. It, 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 I cannot. All I could see, Michael, is tombstones. Kind of thing that I've seen. I've, I've I've met a lot of professional killers through my life. How they get to where they are, you'd have to get some sort of a professional. Psychi- I was a street psychiatrist. Mm. I majored in keeping myself alive. Mm. So I felt pretty. It's an astounding story, Michael, and that's why I thought of you. I knew that you would open up the human side of this in a way no one else could. We're speaking with the man who has been there and done that, and I don't think there are too many who have been there and done this. Well, Michael, yeah. Levine, Michael Levine is going to stay with us for after the break. He's the best-selling author of Deep Cover, The Big White Lie, Triangle of Death. He is one of the most decorated, undercover DEA agents in the history of that organization. And um, he lived in a world of danger I could hardly fathom, Michael. That's the well, part of it, is how did you live in a world like that and survive it uh, is one thing. But number two, the personal price you paid. And I don't want to open up an old wound in almost unrelated death of your son. It, it killed me. In fact, I to this day remember the pain in your describing that horrible story. And here you are all these years later, and you're still fighting the good fight and still giving talks on this and still acting as a jury consultant. And uh, I just thought you'd be the only one that I would have on about this. And in a way, you've explained a little bit about the Mexican cartel murders. Not that I accept what was done. But it, it's so contrary to what the newspapers are reporting. By accident, crossfire, I knew that was all crap the minute I saw it. They were targeted and they were killed to send the message, you are saying, in your opinion, because one or several of them were informants. That's basically it, right? Exactly. And, bet- and I don't think anyone has said that yet in the American media, have they? I haven't heard it. No, because the American media, the journalists, quote-unquote journalists, they learn, to, they learn syntax. They learn English. They learn grammar. <laughs> learn anything about the nuts and bolts of what really goes on in the world. Mm. And when I wrote Deep Cover and they would interview me, the most inane questions in the world, I would try to say, look, I wrote this. I didn't write this other than to cause the indictment or grand jury investigation of the people I named in Deep Cover, the people I name in The Big White Lie. I wrote them like indictments. There was no sense I wanted to write a great book. I mean, it just happened to me. Yeah, I hear you. Look, when I come back, we're going to deal with this a little bit more with Michael Levine on the Savage Nation. I know you're not going to want to miss this. Back in a minute. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. The whole family's wiped out in Mexico. Mormon people. Infants running for their lives, executed by cartel members. And it's been swept under the rug. Not one word from one Democrat about this slaughter. Not one word. Michael Levine, welcome back to the program. There are so many things we could talk about relating to this cartel shooting of the family. Do you fear that this is going to come to the shores very soon, if not sooner than we think, this kind of well, stuff? It, the reason I told you the, the, uh, the case of Oscar Toro is it's been on our shores all the way back from my point of view in the early 80s here. Ah, okay. You know, the cocaine cowboy wars in Miami. I was down there during that. Same thing. Same kind of thing. 
And what, what I found totally outrageous that keeps me up to this day and under PTSD treatment by the VA, which I am, hmm. is that in, in investigating uh, the events, why was the government supporting the biggest drug traffickers in the world? We couldn't understand it. Myself and an agent who's out there now, he left, he left uh, uh, any position in undercover, was Jorge Urquijo, wonderful guy. And it was really him that uncovered the fact that the murder, the torture murder of Enrique Quique Camarena in Mexico. I remember you mentioned Camarena. That one got very deep into you. Yeah, it, and it's still there because what we uncovered, mainly Jorge, was that American agents and politicians were supporting and helping to conceal the fact that our government was helping people directly involved in the homicide of, 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 of. Michael, how much more do we need to know that when NAFTA was being passed, we on the radio were talking about the superhighways that were coming in from Mexico that would be used for what they are being used for today? Do we need to say any more? Well, one of the reasons that we uncovered that they tried so hard to destroy the events in deep cover, keep it out of the media, aid Mexicans, was that NAFTA was on the drawing room, on the, on the table in Congress. Michael, when are you coming out to San Francisco so we can have dinner again after 25 years? I, I got to go to San Diego uh, around Christmas time. I don't know. Would you be in the L.A. area around Christmas time? I may be down there. Really, we got to get together, Michael, just for, you know, like a, a, a something. We got to get together something in L.A. Mike, I, would love, I still remember the night you oh, I remember those nights in the Basque restaurant. Do you remember the fun we had? Oh, my God. Are you still married to the same lovely lady? I am married, and every day I wake up, I say, thank God for my Laura. Thank God. Wow, because, you know, who asked about her last night was Mrs. S. Well, they, they both really had a connection. It was amazing. I know. Well, look, Michael, I'm going to contact you after this show, and we're going to start to renew our friendship. And maybe we'll meet in L.A. in a secret location <laughs> and have a secret meal. How's that? <laughs> Michael Levine, author of these great books, Deep Cover, The Big White Lie, Triangle of Death, The Bravest Man I Know. This is Michael Savage saying thank you for listening today. And with God's will and your listenership, I shall return. The Westwood One Podcast Network.